Syntactic trusts have been around for several years in legal theory. The thesis behind the syntactical trust is very straightforward. This mechanism allows trustees to create a straw man framework upon which trust may be expanded in a multitude of different directions for protection of the trust. This framework lends itself particularly well to sovereign entities because its hierarchical thesis is that no laws are higher than sovereign laws and, at best, a sovereign entity can engage with other sovereigns on a peer-to-peer basis with neither sovereign entity subordinated to the other. The Civil Law Notary The historical origins of the Civil Law Notary and the Common Law Notary Public are the same, but the two occupations have developed along very different lines. Our Notary Public is a person of very slight importance. The civil law notary is a person of considerable importance. The notary in the typical civil law country services three principal functions. First, he drafts important legal instruments, such as wills, corporate charters, conveyances, and contracts. Although advocates, akin to a common lawyer, sometimes get involved in drafting instruments, the notary continues to do most of this work in civil law nations. In spite of the notary's established position in this field, However, there is some tension between advocates and notaries over jurisdictional matters. Second, the notary authenticates instruments. An authenticated instrument, called everywhere in the civil law world a public act has special evidentiary effects, it conclusively establishes that the instrument itself is genuine, and what it recites accurately represents what the parties said and what the notary saw and heard. Evidence that contradicts the statements in a public act is not admissible in an ordinary judicial proceeding. One who wishes to attack the authenticity of a public act must institute a special action for that purpose, and such an action is rarely brought. Third, the notary acts as a kind of public record office. He is required to retain a copy of every instrument he prepares and furnish authenticated copies on request. An authenticated copy usually has the same evidentiary value as an original. Civil law notaries are usually given quasi-monopolies. A typical civil law nation will be divided into notarial districts, and in each district a limited number of notaries will have exclusive competence. Unlike advocates, who are free to refuse to serve a client, the notary must serve all comers. This, added to his functions as record office and his monopoly position, tends to make him a public as well as private functionary. Access to the profession of notary is difficult because the number of notarial offices is quite limited. Candidates for notarial positions must ordinarily be graduates of university law schools, and must serve an apprenticeship in a notary's office. Typically, aspirants for such positions will take a national examination, and if successful, will be appointed to a vacancy when it occurs. Ordinarily there will be a national notaries organization that will serve the same sort of functions for notaries of the National Bar Association serves for advocates and other organizations for judges, prosecutors, and government lawyers. The civil law tradition is dominant in Western Europe, all of Latin America, and many parts of Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. It is also dominant in Quebec, Canada, as well as Louisiana and Puerto Rico in the United States. Study note, one accounting convention, and practices the study note includes accounting concepts and conventions depreciation accounting for inventory distinction between capital and revenue basics of accounting one. One accounting concepts and conventions introduction, Financial statements are to be prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. This is because if each organization was to adopt its own principles in the maintenance of accounting records and the publishing of accounting information it will lead to a welter of confusion. Such financial statements will have low acceptability as it will be difficult to understand them without first knowing the principles underlying the preparation of such statements. Also financial statements prepared without the generally accepted accounting principles as their base will be unsuitable for inter-period and inter-firm comparison. It is for this reason that when accounts are audited by the auditors, they see to it that the financial statements are prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles and they also certify that the statements have been prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. Nature and meaning of accounting principle There is ample confusion and controversy as to the meaning and nature of accounting principle. There is a school of thought which believes that the term principle connotes fundamental belief or a general truth, and as such it is incorrect to use this term with reference to accounting because accounting, merely as an art, is only an adoption for the attainment of some useful and beneficial results. Adaptation, inherently, implies the changing nature and, hence, a sharp contradiction to the meaning of the term principle which stands for the fundamental truth. There is another school of thought which feels that the term principle means only rule of action or conduct, and as such can be very correctly used with reference to rules used in accounting. The American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, ACPA, has also supported the use of the word principle in the sense in which it means rule of action. It has defined the principle as a general law or rule adopted or professed as a guide to action, a settled ground or basis of conduct or practice. 
Pato and Littleton, in order to avoid the confusion as to the meaning of the term principle, have purposely used a new term standards in place of principle. Principles would generally suggest a universality and a degree of permanence WHCH cannot exist in a human service institution such as accounting. Two financial accounting accounting convention, and practices essential features of accounting principles accounting principles are acceptable when they, in general, satisfy the following three basic norms, a. usefulness, b. objectivity, and c. feasibility. Accounting principles satisfy the first basic feature of usefulness as much as because of these, the accounting records become more meaningful and useful to the reader. In other words, an accounting rule, which does not increase the utility of the records to its readers, is not accepted as an accounting principle. Accounting principles is that which is objective in nature. It is said to be objective when it is solidly supported by facts. It is objective when it cannot be influenced by the personal bias and whims. Accounting principles should be such as are practicable. It will be seen that assets in the accounts are recorded at cost less depreciation as against at market price. This accounting principle is practicable and feasible because it does not entail the difficult work of ascertaining the market price of that asset. It does not make it obligatory for the accountant to record all fluctuation in the price of that asset. Kinds of accounting principles to distinguish accounting principles, from the sense in which the term principles is used in physical science, various other terms like postulates, concepts, conventions, doctrines, tenets, axioms, assumptions, etc., have been used by writers of accounting theory. Instead of wasting our time to discuss the precise meaning of these generic terms, we should concern ourselves with the significance and importance of these ideas in the practical work of the accountants. However, a slight distinction is made between the two terms concepts and conventions. The term concept is used to connote the accounting postulates, i.e., necessary assumptions and ideas which are fundamental to accounting practice. The term convention is used to signify customs or traditions as a guide to the preparation of accounting statements. The following are the important generally acceptable concepts, 1. Entity concept 2. Going concern concept 3. Money measurement concept 4. Cost Concept 5. Accounting Period Concept 6. Dual Aspect Concept 7. Matching Concept 8. Realization Concept 9. Balance Sheet Equation Concept 10. Verification and Objective Evidence Concept 11. Accrual Concept. Accounting Concepts Entity Concept It is very important to note that for accounting purposes the business is treated as a unit or entity apart from its owners, creditors and others. In other words, the proprietor of an enterprise is always considered to be separate and distinct from the business which he controls. All the transactions of the business are recorded in the books of the business, though they belong to the proprietor. From the point of view of the business as an entity and even the proprietor is treated as a creditor to the extent of his capital. Capital is thus a liability like any other liability although the amount is owing only to the proprietor. In the case of sole trading and partnership concerns the proprietors may even draw the amounts out, thus reducing the liability of the business. But in the case of corporate bodies, shareholders stand on a different footing. They cannot reclaim the amount they have invested. They can sell the shares to others if they desire to unload their investment. Therefore, in the case of corporate bodies capital is paid out only at the time of winding up, provided surplus assets are available after paying off the creditors. In the case of companies the entity concept is more apparent, as in the eyes of law it has separate legal entity independent of the persons who contribute its capital. The concept of accounting entity for every business determines the scope of what is to be recorded or what is to be excluded from the business books. Therefore, whenever business receives cash from the proprietor's cash account is debited as business receives cash and capital account is credited, capital account representing the personal account of the proprietor. In the case of corporate bodies since there are too many contributors the amount is shown under a single account called share capital account. In the case of non-corporate bodies there is no separate legal entity. Still the principle of business entity is observed for accounting purposes. For example, although for legal and most practical purposes, we regard the sole trader and his business as one and the same thing, we nevertheless, for accounting purposes, regard them as different entities. Therefore in business, only the business assets and liabilities are recorded although legally there is no distinction between his business assets and liabilities and his private assets and liabilities. Thus, 
the concepts of legal and business entities are not compatible with each other. This is also clear from the fact that in the case of big companies each department may be the base for accounting although legal entity is much larger and covers all the departments. Likewise, in the case of consolidated statements accounting entity is much larger than the legal entity. Going concern concept This concept assumes the enterprise will continue to exist in the foreseeable future. This is in contrast with another view that the enterprise will be liquidated. According to A. S. Minus 1 relating to disclosure of accounting policies, going concern concept is a fundamental accounting assumption underlying the preparation of financial statements. Under this assumption, the enterprise is normally viewed as a going concern, that is, as continuing in operation for the foreseeable future. It is assumed that the enterprise has neither the intention nor the necessity of liquidation or of curtailing materially the scale of its operations. This assumption implies the following, i. Assets will be valued on the basis of going concern assumption. In other words, accountants do not record the values of goods and assets which will be fetched if for financial accounting accounting convention, and practices a sale is forced. Certain assets which are specific to the particular enterprise may have a very low market value. However, the value of such machines to the business is very great because of its productive potential and contribution to profits. In spite of this accountants prefer to record assets at historical cost rather than adopt value in use approach which is favored by economists. This is because historical cost approach satisfies the test of objectivity and verifiability. Two. Assets are depreciated on the basis of expected life rather than on the basis of market value. This facilitates the allocation of the cost of the asset over the expected period of the life of the asset and dispenses with the periodic consideration of market values. This concept strengthen and support the view that depreciating is a process of allocation, not of valuation. Thus, the going concern concept is the basic to the valuation of assets and the provision of depreciation thereon. Money measurement concept The money measurement concept underlines the fact that in accounting every worth recording event happening or transaction is recorded in terms of money. In other words, a fact or a happening which cannot be expressed in terms of money is not recorded in the accounting books. General health condition of the chairman of the company, working condition in which a worker has to work, sales policy pursued by the enterprise, quality of products introduced by the enterprise, etc cannot be expressed in money terms and therefore are not recorded in the books. In view of the above condition this concept puts a serious handicap on the usefulness of accounting records for management decisions. This concept has another serious limitation and is currently attracting the attention of the accountants all over the world. As per this concept, a transaction is recorded at its money value on the date of occurrence and the subsequent changes in the money value are conveniently ignored. Cost concept Historic, the underlying idea of cost concept is that, i, asset is recorded at the price paid to acquire it, that is, at cost, and, 2, this cost is the basis for all subsequent accounting for the asset, when asset is recorded at cost price as said under point, i, above, the change in the real worth of an asset, for variety of reasons, with the passage of time is not ordinarily recorded in the account books, for example, if a piece of land has been purchased for Rs. 80,000, then its market price, whether Rs. 170,000 or Rs. 50,000, at the time of preparation of final statements will not be considered, thus the balance sheet on a particular date, prepared on the basis of cost concept, does not ordinarily indicate what the assets could sold for. As an explanation of the point, too, of the cost concept, it can be said that the cost concept does not mean that assets are always shown year after year for an indefinite period at the cost price. The assets recorded at cost price at the time of purchase are systematically reduced by the process called depreciation. These assets ultimately disappear from the balance sheet when their economic life is over and they have been fully depreciated and sold as scrap. Therefore, in the books assets figure at cost less depreciation written off and are called book financial accounting 5 values to distinguish from their market values which represent their true worth. However, 
In the case of liquid assets like cash and book debts there is no difference between the book values and current market values, but in the case of other current assets like stocks and investments there may be some difference between the two values but the margin will not be as wide as it will be in the case of fixed assets. In spite of the limitations of cost concept referred to above, accountants prefer this approach to other for the following reasons. 1. There is too much of subjectivity in current worth or market value or realizable value approach. 2. Fixed assets are purchased for use in production and are not held for sale. 3. It is very difficult and time-consuming for an enterprise to ascertain the market values. 4. There is objectivity and verifiability in cost approach which is lacking in the other approaches. Accounting period concept strictly speaking, the net income can be measured by comparing the assets of the business existing at the time of its commencement with those existing at the time of its liquidation. Since life of business is assumed to be indefinite, going concern concept, the measurement of income, according to the above concept, is not possible for a very, very long period. The proprietor of the business cannot wait for such a long period as the determination of income at the end of the life of business would render such a measurement of income useless inasmuch as it will be too late to take corrective steps at the time, if it is disclosed, that the business had all the time been running at a loss on account of certain reasons or business had not been using its fully capacity to make more profits. Thus, he needs to know at frequent intervals how things are going. Therefore, accountants choose some shorter and convenient time for the measurement of income. 12-month period is normally adopted for this purpose. Under the Companies Act and Banking Regulation Act accounts are to be prepared for a 12-month period. This time interval is called accounting period. Dual Aspect Concept Financial accounting is transaction-based. Of course, we are only concerned with transactions and events involving financial element. In every type of business there are numerous transactions. If one takes a typical trading concern the main activity is purchase of goods and their subsequent sale at a profit. This involves several transactions like purchase of goods from several suppliers, sales to several customers on cash and credit, payment to suppliers, collection from customers, payment of salaries to salesmen, purchase assistance, payment of rent and taxes, electricity bills, etc. In each of the transactions listed above there are two aspects to be recorded from the point of view of entity. For example, if there is purchase of goods, it involves two aspects, one aspect is the receipt of goods and the other aspect is the immediate payment of cash, in the case of cash purchase, or the acknowledgement of debt to the supplier, in the case of credit purchase, the recognition of two aspects to every transaction is known as dual aspect analysis. Modern financial accounting is based on such recognition of the record of the two aspects of every transaction. The term double entry. 6. Financial accounting. Accounting convention and practices. Bookkeeping has come into vogue because of every transaction two entires are made. 1. Entry consists of debit to one or more accounts and another entry consists of credit to one or more accounts. However, the total amount debited always equals the total amount credited. This balancing of debits and credits is the cornerstone of modern bookkeeping. How this accounting principle operates is illustrated with a few examples. For example, when Manish, the proprietor of the business, starts his business with cash. 40,000 rupees and building 50,000 rupees then this fact is recorded at two places, assets account and. This balancing of debits and credits is the cornerstone of modern bookkeeping. How this accounting principle operates is illustrated with a few examples. For example, when Manish, the proprietor of the business, starts his business with cash R's, 40,000 and building R's, 50,000 then this fact is recorded at two places, assets account and capital account. The capital of the business is equal to the assets of the business. This expression can be shown in the form of equation as under, 
capital equals assets Manish equals building plus cash R's, 90,000 equals R's, 50,000 plus R's, 40,000 if the business increases the assets by borrowing R's, 20,000, then the dual aspect of the transaction affects the equation as under, capital plus liabilities equals assets Manish plus loan equals building plus cash R's, 90,000 plus R's, 20, 000 equals R's, 50,000 plus R's, 60,000 matching concept This concept recognizes that the determination of profit or loss on a particular accounting period is a problem of matching the expired cost allocated to an activity period. In other words, the expenses which are actually incurred during a specific activity period, in order to earn the revenue for the said period must be matched against the revenue which are realized for that period. For this proposes, expenses which are specially incurred for earning the revenue of the related period are to be considered. In short, all expenses incurred during the activity period must not be taken. Only relevant cost should be deducted from the revenue of a period for periodic income statement, i.e. The expenses that are related to the accounting period shall be considered for the purpose of matching. This process of relating costs to revenue is called matching process. It should be remembered that cost of fixed asset is not taken but only the depreciation on such fixed asset related to the accounting period is taken. For the purpose of matching, prepaid expenses are excluded from the total cost but outstanding expenses are added to the total cost for ascertaining the cost related to the period. Like costs all revenues earned during the period are not taken, but revenue which are related to the accounting period are considered. Application of matching concept creates some problems which are noted below, a, some special items of expenses e.g. Preliminary expenses, expenses in connection with the issue of shares and debentures, advertisement expenses etc., cannot be easily identified and match against revenues of a particular period. B. Another problem is that how much of the capital expenditure should be written off by way of depreciation for a particular period for matching against revenue creates the problems of finding out the expected life of the asset. As such, accurate matching is not possible. Financial Accounting 7. C. In case of long-term contracts usually, amount is not received in proportion to the work done. As a result, expenditures which are carried forward and not related to the income received, may create some problems. Realization concept According to this concept, revenue is considered as earned on the date when it is realized. In other word, revenue realized, either by sale of goods or by rendering services, during an accounting period should only be taken in the income statement, profit and loss account. Unearned slash unrealized revenue is treated as earned on some specific matters or transactions. For example, when goods are sold to customers they are legally liable to pay, i.e. as soon as the property of goods passes from the seller to the buyer. In short, when an order is simply received from a customer, it does not mean that the revenue is earned or realized. On the other hand, when an advance payment is made by a customer, the same cannot be treated as revenue realized or earned. In case of higher purchase transactions, however, the title or ownership of the goods is not transferred from the seller to the buyer till the last installment is paid. As such, the down payments and the installment received or due should be treated as actual sale, i.e. revenue earned. Balance sheet equation concept The historical cost concept needs support of two other concepts for practical purposes viz. i. the money measurement concept, 2 the balance sheet equation concepts. Accounting processes, however, conforms to an algebraic equation which, in other words is involved in two laws of nature, i.e. the law of constancy of matter and the law that every effect originates from a case. In relation to the former, it may be deduced that all that has been received by us must be equal to, equals, all that has been given to us, in accounts, Receipts are classified as debits and giving or sacrifices are classified as credits. Here, the equation comes debit equals credit, that is, in other words, every debit must have a corresponding equal credit or vice versa. All receipts, referred to above, may again be classified into, i, benefits slash services received and totally consumed, 
which are known as expenses, 2. Benefits or services received but not used properly or misused, which are known as losses, and 3. Benefits or services received but kept to be used in future, which are known as assets. Similarly, in the opposite case, all that have been given by others may also be classified into i. What has been given to us but are not to be repaid, which are known as incomes or gains, and 2. What has been given by others but has to be repaid at a later date, which are known as liabilities. Therefore, the above equation may again be rewritten as under expenses plus loss plus assets equals income plus gains plus liabilities or asset equals net profit, net loss plus liabilities liabilities become due either to outsider or to the owner, viz. the proprietors, in the case, assets equals net profit or net loss plus external liabilities plus dues to proprietors. We know that proprietors do increases with the amount of net profit whereas decreases with the amount of net loss. The same is known as equity in the business. So, the above equation comes down to assets equals equity plus external liabilities 8 financial accounting accounting convention and practices again. From the proprietor's point of view, the equation can also be rewritten as under proprietor's fund or equity equals asset, liabilities E equals A, L from the above, it may be said that the entire accounting process depends on the above accounting equation. Verifiable and objective evidence concept it expresses that accounting data are subject to verification by independent experts i.e. There must be documentary evidences of transactions which are capable of verification. Otherwise, the same will neither be verifiable nor be realizable or dependable. In other words, accounting data must free from any basic, because, verifiability and objectivity imply reliability, trustworthiness, dependability which are very useful for conveying the accounting data and information furnished in periodical accounting reports and statements. There should always be some documentary evidences in establishing the truth reflected in the said reports or statements. Entries which are recorded in accounting from the transactions and data which are reported in financial statements must be based on objectively determined evidence. The confidence of users of the financial statement cannot be maintained until there is a close adherence to this principle, invoices and vouchers for purchases, sales and expenses, physical checking of stock in hand. Accrual concept and associated concept to be discussed in the context of matching principle is the accrual system of accounting which is favored by the modern accountants as against cash system of accounting. Under this method revenue recognition depends on its realization and not actual receipt. Likewise costs are recognized when they are incurred and not when paid. This necessitates certain adjustments in the preparation of income statement. In relation to revenue, the account should exclude amounts relating to subsequent period and provide for revenue recognized but not received in cash. Likewise, in relation to cost provide for costs incurred but not paid and exclude costs paid for subsequent period. Under the cash system of accounting revenue recognition does not take place until cash is received and costs are recorded only after they are paid. From the discussion it is clear that the matching principle is not followed in the case of cash system of accounting and the operating result prepared on this basis are not in conformity with generally accepted accounting principles. There are hybrid systems of accounting which combine the features of cash and accrual systems and are also recognized by taxation authorities. Under hybrid systems certain revenues may be shown on cash basis while others are shown on accrual basis. Accounting Conventions Convention of Disclosure The Convention of Disclosure implies that accounts must be honestly prepared and all material information must be disclosed therein. The notion is so important, because of divorce between ownership and management, that the Companies Act makes ample provisions for the disclosure of essential information in company accounts. The contents of balance sheet and profit and loss account are prescribed by law. These are designed to make disclosure of all material facts compulsory. Financial Accounting 9 The term disclosure does not imply that all information that anyone could conceivably desire is to be included in accounting statements. The term only implies that there is to be a sufficient disclosure of information which is of material interest to proprietors, present and potential creditors and investors. 
The practice of appending notes relative to various facts or items which do not find place in accounting statements is in pursuance to the convention of full disclosure of material facts. Examples are, a. Contingent liabilities appearing as a note, b. Market value of investments appearing as a note. Business is now increasingly managed by stewards, managers, and they owe a duty to make a full disclosure to the persons who have contributed the capital. Financial accounting, while reporting on stewardship, has to make full disclosure. Openness in company affairs is the best way to secure responsible behavior. Because of the wide recognition of this principle now there is an accounting standard which requires the disclosure of all significant accounting policies adopted in the preparation of financial statements, due to the effect of such policies on the financial statements. The accounting principle of going concern, consistency and accrual are considered fundamental in the preparation of financial statements and need not be disclosed. Only when the assumption is not followed the fact should be disclosed. Apart from disclosure of accounting policies, AS-1 deals with information to be disclosed in financial statements. The concept of disclosure also applies to events occurring after the balance sheet date and the date on which the financial statements are authorized for issue. Such events include bad debts, destruction of plant and equipment due to natural calamities, major acquisition of another enterprise and the like. Such events are likely to have a substantial influence on the earnings and financial position of the enterprise. Their non-disclosure would affect the ability of the users of such statements to make proper evaluations and decisions. Offering Circular Supplement To Base Offering Circular Dated March 1, 2020, $1,184,225,257 Government National Mortgage Association Ginny May Guarantee Remic Pass-Through Securities and MX Securities Ginny May Remic Trust 2022-034 The securities the trust will issue the classes of securities listed on the front cover of this offering circular supplement. The Ginny May Guarantee Ginny May will guarantee the timely payment of principal and interest on the securities. The Ginny May Guarantee is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States of America. The trust and its assets the trust will own, 1. Ginny May Certificates and, 2. Certain previously issued certificates. The securities may not be suitable investments for you. You should consider carefully the risks of investing in them. See risk factors beginning on page S11 which highlights some of these risks. The sponsor and the co-sponsor will offer the securities from time to time in negotiated transactions at varying prices. We expect the closing date to be March 30, 2020. You should read the base offering circular as well as this supplement. The securities are exempt from registration under the Securities Act of 1933 and are exempted securities under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. Class of Remix Securities Original Principal Balance 2 Interest Rate Principal Type 3 Interest Type 3 Cusset Number Final Distribution Date 4 Security Group 1 AG, 1, BG 1, GZ. SC slash PT PAC AD SUP FIX 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 slash Z 38382DF38 38382DF46 38382DF53 February 2050 March 2050 March 2050 Security Group 2 MA 1 ML MIS 4,497,539 PAC AD PAC AD SUP FIX FIX 
fix slash z 38382df61 38382df79 38382df87 March 2050 March 2050 March 2050 Security Group 3 IT T T L T Z 21,428,571 NTL TAC AD TAC AD TAC AD SUP Fix slash IO. Fix. Fix. Fix slash Z. 38382DF95. 38382DG29. 38382DG37. 38382DG45. March 2050. March 2050. March 2050. March 2050. Security Group 4. NE, NL, 1,428,571. NTL PT. PT. Fix slash IO. Fix. 38382DG52. 38382DG60. March 2050. March 2050. Security Group 5. AB, FA, SA. 106,666,667. 53,333,333. 5. 5. PT. PT. NTL PT. Fix. FLT. INV slash IO. 38382DG78. 38382DG86. 38382DG94. March 2050. March 2050. March 2050. Security Group 6. In, NB, 2,500,000. NTLPT. PT. Fix slash IO. Fix. 38382DH28. 3838-2DH36. March 2050. March 2050. Security Group 7. AF, AS, 170 million. 170 million. 5. 5. PT. NTLPT. FLT. INV slash IO. 38382DH44. 3832DH51. March 2050. March 2050. Security Group 8. AP, 1, C, CO, 1, GO 1, YA 1, IB 1, IC, 1, OG, 1, O 1, UA, US, ZP. 1,458,845. 1,458,422. 1,357,465. 
Pack AD NTL SC slash PT SC slash PT SC slash PT NTL PT NTL PT NTL PT SC slash PT SC slash PT SUP AD SUP Pack Fix Fix slash IO PO PO Fix slash IO Fix slash IO Fix slash IO PO PO Fix Fix slash Z Fix slash Z three eight three eight two DH sixty nine three eight three eight two DH seventy seven three eight three eight two DH eighty five three eight three eight two DH ninety three three eight three eight two DJ twenty six three eight three eight two DJ thirty four three eight three eight two D three E seven three eight three eight two DJ forty two three eight three eight two DJ fifty nine three eight three eight two DJ sixty seven three eight three eight two DJ seventy five three eight three eight two DJ eighty three November twenty forty nine October twenty forty nine October twenty forty nine April twenty forty one March twenty fifty March twenty fifty March twenty fifty February twenty fifty December twenty forty two March twenty fifty March twenty fifty March twenty fifty Security Group nine DA one Die one DZ sixty five million nine hundred sixty five thousand seven hundred fifty seven nine million seven hundred fifty three thousand one hundred sixty two ten million three point zero zero three point zero zero three point zero zero pack ad pack ad sup fix 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 slash z three eight three eight two DJ ninety one three eight three eight two DK twenty four three eight three eight two DK eighty one three eight three eight two DK ninety nine February twenty fifty February twenty fifty February twenty fifty July twenty forty seven July twenty forty nine August 2049. Security Group 11. A. I.O. 338,180,903. 250,253,868. 1.30.5.00.SC/PT. NTLSC/PT. Fix. Fix slash IO three eight three eight two DL twenty three three eight three eight two DL thirty one December twenty thirty nine December twenty thirty nine Security Group twelve IQ Chi Square sixteen million one hundred sixty two thousand ninety 
ntlsc/pt 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 inv/io 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 38382dl49 3838-2DL56 3838-2DL64 August 2049 September 2049 October 2049 Cover continued on next page. Citigroup Academy Securities The date of this offering circular supplement is March 24, 2020. Original final class of principal interest principal interest cusp distribution remix securities balance 2 rate type 3 type 3 number date 4. Security group 13. FC1, $50,666,392, 5, PAC ADFLT 38382DL72 March 2050. PA, 1. 100 million 2.00% PAC AD fixed Residuals R7 00.00 NPR NPR 3832DM 48 March 2050. RR 00.00 NPR NPR 3832DM 55 March 2050. 1. These securities may be exchanged for MX securities described in Schedule I to this supplement. 2. Subject to increase as described under increase in size in this supplement. The amount shown for each notional class, indicated by NTL under principal type, is its original class notional balance and does not represent principal that will be paid. 3. As defined under class types in Appendix I to the base offering circular. The class notional balance of each notional class will be reduced as shown under term sheet, notional classes in this supplement. 4. C-yield Maturity and prepayment considerations, final distribution date in this supplement. 5. See terms sheet, interest rates in this supplement. Terms sheet This terms sheet contains selected information for quick reference only. You should read this supplement, particularly risk factors, and each of the other documents listed under available information. Sponsor, Citigroup Global Markets Incorporated. Co-sponsor, Academy Securities Incorporated. Trustee. U.S. Bank National Association Tax Administrator, the trustee closing date, March 30, 2020 Distribution date, the 20th day of each month or, if the 20th day is not a business day, the first business day thereafter, commencing in April 2020. Trust Assets, Trust Asset Original Term Group or to Maturity Subgroup 2 Trust Asset Type Certificate Rate, in years, 1A Underlying Certificate, 1, 1. 1B Gini May 24, 5% 32 Gini May 24, 0% 33 Gini May 23, 5% 34 Gini May 23, 5% 35 Gini May 23, 5% 36 Gini May 23, 0% 37 Gini May 23, 5% 38 A Gini May 24, 0% 38 B Gini May 24. 5% 38 C Gini May 25, 0% 38 D Underlying Certificate, 1, 1, 8 E Underlying Certificate, 1, 1, 8 F Underlying Certificate, 1, 1, 8 G Underlying Certificates, 1, 1, 8 H Gini May 22, 0% 39 Gini May 23, 
0%3010A underlying certificates, 1, 1, 10B underlying certificates, 1, 1, 10C underlying certificates, 1, 1, 10D underlying certificate, 1, 1, 10E underlying certificate, 1, 1, 11 underlying certificates, 1, 1, 12A underlying certificates, 1, 1, 12B underlying certificate, 1, 1, S3 Trust Asset Group or Subgroup 2 Trust Asset Type Certificate Rate Original Term to Maturity, in Years, 12C Underlying Certificate, 1, 1, 13 Gini May 2 3, 5% 30, 1, Certain information regarding the underlying certificates is set forth in Exhibit A to this supplement, 2, the Group 1, 8, 10 and 12 Trust Assets consist of the enumerated subgroups, each, a subgroup. Security groups. This series of securities consists of multiple security groups, each, a group, as shown on the front cover of this supplement and on Schedule I to this supplement. Payments on each group will be based solely on payments on the trust asset group with the same numerical designation. Assumed characteristics of the mortgage loans underlying the group 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9 and 13 in subgroup 1B, 8A, 8B, 8C and 8H trust assets 1, weighted average remaining term weighted average weighted principal to maturity loan age average balance, in months, in months, mortgage rate 2 subgroup 1B trust assets $4,804,442.356 949% Group 2 Trust Assets $50,000,352.24 508% Group 3 Trust Assets $75,465,337.34002% Group 4 Trust Assets $10,000,337.34003% Group 5 Trust Assets $160,000,000 346-43, Group 6 Trust Assets $30,000,33813, 463% Group 7 Trust Assets $170,000,357-34027% Subgroup 8A Trust Assets $27,211,241-3,327-34 493% subgroup 8B trust assets $6,893,482.33554989% subgroup 8C trust assets $15,087,670.33501005 subgroup 8H trust assets $502,427.33501002 250% Group 9 Trust Assets $85,718,919.33581343% Group 13 Trust Assets $182,160,372.35713 967% S4, 1, as of March 1, 2020, 2, the mortgage loans underlying the group 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9 and 13 in subgroup 1B, 8A, 8B, 8C and 8H trust assets may bear interest at rates ranging from 0, 25% to 1, 50% per annum above the related certificate rate, 3, more than 10% of the mortgage loans underlying the group 3, 4, 6 and 9 and subgroup 8A, 8B, 8C and 8H trust assets may be higher balance mortgage loans. See risk factors in this supplement. The actual remaining terms to maturity, loan ages and mortgage rates of many of the mortgage loans underlying the group 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9 and 13 in subgroup 1B, 8A, 8B, 8C and 8H trust assets will differ from the weighted averages shown above, perhaps significantly. See the trust assets, the mortgage loans in this supplement. Characteristics of the Group 10, 
11 and 12 in subgroup 1A, 8E, 8E, 8F and 8G trust assets, see Exhibit A to this supplement for certain information regarding the characteristics of the related underlying certificates. Issuance of securities, the securities, other than the residual securities, will initially be issued in book entry form through the book entry system of the U.S. Federal Reserve Banks, the Fedwire book entry system. The residual securities will be issued in fully registered, certificated form. See description of the securities, form of securities in this supplement. Modification and exchange. If you own exchangeable securities you will be able, upon notice and payment of an exchange fee, to exchange them for a proportionate interest in the related securities shown on Schedule I to this supplement. Under certain circumstances, an MX class that is a weighted average coupon class will be subject to mandatory exchange, with no exchange fee, for its related remix securities. See description of the securities, modification and exchange in this supplement. Increased minimum denomination classes, each class that constitutes a principal only, interest only or weighted average coupon class. See description of the securities, form of securities in this. Supplement. Interest rates, the interest rates for the fixed rate classes are shown on the front cover of this. Supplement or on Schedule I to this supplement. S5. The floating rate and inverse floating rate classes will bear interest at per annum rates based on one month LIBOR, hereinafter referred to as LIBOR as follows. Initial LIBOR. Interest interest minimum maximum delay for minimum. Class rate formula 1 rate 2 rate rate, in days, interest rate. Security group 5. FA, LIBOR plus 0.45%2.06263%0.45%6.50%00.00%. SA, 6.05% LIBOR 4.43737%0.00%6.05%06.05% Security Group 7 AF LIBOR plus 0.60% 1.61625%0.60% 3.50% 0.00% 2.90% LIBOR 1.88375%0.00%2.90%0.2.90% Security Group 10 SD 6.15% LIBOR 5.37712% SE 3.35% LIBOR 2.57712%0.00%3.35%03.35% Security Group 12 IQ 6.10% LIBOR 0.05000% Chi 6.08% LIBOR 0.03000%0.00%0.03%06.08% Square, 6.05% LIBOR 5.27712%0.00%6.05%06.05% Security Group 13 FC LIBOR plus 0.45%1.06163%0.45%6.50%000.00%. SE, 6.05% LIBOR 5.43837%0.00%6.05%06.05%. 1. LIBOR will be established as described under description of the securities interest distributions, floating rate and inverse floating rate classes in this supplement. 2. The initial interest rate will be in effect during the first accrual period, the interest rate will adjust. Monthly thereafter. 
Each of classes WA and WB is a weighted average coupon class that will accrue interest during each accrual period at an equivalent annualized rate derived by aggregating the accrued interest on its related remit classes for such accrual period expressed as a percentage of its outstanding principal balance for such accrual period, subject to certain limitations as set forth under description of the securities, modification and exchange in this supplement. The approximate initial interest rate for each weighted average coupon class, which will be in effect for the first accrual period, is as follows. Approximate Class Initial Interest Rate WA, 8.39901% WB, 8.55389% Allocation of Principal on each distribution date for a security group, the following distributions will be made to the related securities. 